Hey, all you Arizona lovers, this is the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 257. I'm your host, Jose. Thank you so much for listening. Today's guest is the co-founder of Neighborhood Ventures. His name's John, and I want to say thank you for John coming in. I know you're a busy man, so let's make you proud on this podcast. We're going into, you know, understanding what Neighborhood Ventures is. It is a way for you to invest in commercial real estate around the neighborhoods in the local area, and we hope that you guys uh, take advantage of this this is something very interesting and unique and uh, john will be the one explaining why and why it's so important and uh, actually easy for you guys to invest your own uh, time and efforts into helping your neighbors and your neighborhood and being able to take that uh, full investment and uh, turn it around for you for the better so we hope that you like this episode it'll lead us into our own stuff you can hear every episode of finding arizona podcast at our website findingarizonapodcast.com there you will be set up to go check out a couple of different places one being the newsletter the newsletter is the official side of what's going on with the podcast who's coming in who we got up next everything going on in the community go check out and sign up for that newsletter next up would be the blog the blog is a little bit more of the personal touch of both Brittany and i and we're very excited because we are both uh new found parents and we're going to be uh showing you guys every bit of our journey into parenthood and so we hope that you guys stay tuned for all of that on top of which we do have every blog posting of what are what we're into every month on top of all sorts of other little ventures that we're we got going so go check out the blog go see what we have coming down the lane and uh, we'll catch you on the next couple of blog posts Uh, last but not least if you want to become a super fan you can go do so at patreon.com slash finding arizona podcast there we have tiers for you guys to sign up and each tier helps benefit the podcast and helps us go different places and do new things so sign up for one of those tiers but never fear you will get something in return you will get some bonus content that we have specifically made for patreon and for those who want to become super fans so patreon.com slash fighting arizona podcast is where to go sign up for that now comes my favorite part of the intro it is the community cork board you guys send us what you want to hear around the community and we set you up with some shout outs like the following last uh this this is kind of the last couple of i hope the last couple of weeks of the shutdown and kind of being indoors and just getting out a little bit more while it's you know nice weather out and so i have a really fun one for you for those of you who uh, wish that you could be doing the state fair food uh, but you still want that food kind of life it is uh, actually the state fair is putting on a drive-through fair food so from uh, starting this weekend all the way up to um, uh, October 4th I believe it is going to be a fun-filled time for you guys to go to in your vehicles doing a drive-through and getting the fun state fair food that you love so i encourage you guys to go over to azstatefair.com slash drive through fair food and there they'll show you where to enter what time it starts all of that so good luck out there stay safe as always wear a mask do what you can to stay stay safe for your loved ones and i will catch you on the next episode yeah it's not as easy to pronounce as people think (laughs) 
All right, so let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Finding Arizona podcast. I'm your host, as always. We bring in someone very special, and uh, I forgot to mention my name. I'm the host, Jose. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we bring in someone very special every week, and today is no different. I would like to uh, let this person introduce himself. I have some notes here, but I want him to introduce his business and, uh, and his name, too, so that everyone knows what the wonderful voice behind the microphone is. Go ahead, John. Well, I don't know about wonderful voice, but I'm, I'm the voice right <laughs> here uh the, the guy that drew the straw the short straw uh john, john kabrowski and i'm uh one of the founders of a company called neighborhood ventures here in phoenix arizona yes and so w- the other thing i know that you are hold on let me pull out the notes you are a senior managing partner of abi multifamily housing yeah and uh and so that kind of uh, falls in the picture of what you do a little bit with venture a neighbor n- neighborhood ventures um a little bit. So we'll talk about that. But I will ask you everything that uh, I'll ask you the simple question that we ask everyone. Now that uh, we are in the time of Corona, how have you been? Uh, how has your time been kind of, you know, uh, through this COVID-19? And uh, where are you at right now? Uh, we're, we're I'm working more than ever. Really? Yeah. I mean, th- right now it's 630. Mm-hmm. This is actually me leaving the office early. Wow. <laughs> We've, uh, well, it's just, it's the way life is. Yeah. Start at five, get done at eight, nine o'clock at night. Uh, my impression, I think of most people's lives right now is you're working more. Everything you're doing is taking more time mm-hmm. and more effort to make things work. Um, <clears throat> people that are working remotely, yeah, it takes hard, it takes more work to get things done because you have to get other people on the phone or get them, get them together. We have a, um, a really open office work place where we have glass walls yeah uh, very open space it works well for us and quite frankly i think people get tired of you know of being stuck at home mm-hmm. i think they've all gone through the first few weeks when it was kind of a novelty yeah <laughs> and now we've accepted that it's kind of a new this is this is where things are going to be mm-hmm. and even uh one of the other companies we have we have co-work space in our building on the first floor mm. we do really well with the co-work space and it's not we don't promote it that much but People that are there now are coming, been coming in and coming back because they said they're tired of working out of their house. Mm-hmm. They're tired of hearing the dogs back, barking in the back and trying to get work done and trying to feel like they fit, like they're somewhere normal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, the bottom line is um, it's, it's different and I'm not sure if it's ever going to get back to normal, Yeah, but, uh, but everybody's figuring out a way to do it. And ABI has been lucky. We've been, we've been really successful in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, neighbor adventures. Same thing. We've been lucky that all our projects working out and construction folks, if you're doing construction, you're mm-hmm. generally got equipment on masks, um, helmets, gloves. You're, you're generally a few feet away from everybody else around you because of you're swinging a hammer or something. Yeah. So yeah, it works out fine. Um, we, we've been good and everything. And then, but I am shocked by and surprised pleasantly by the co-work space thing. Yeah. I thought that would suffer a lot from this whole mm-hmm. pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it's turned out where people just said, I can't go to my office. Yeah. But I, I can't work at home anymore. I'm going nuts. Yeah. I need a place to go to. I need one of your five conference rooms. I need I need, <laughs> need a something. I need a desk. I need somewhere to be where there's people around me. Yeah. Not within arm's length, but I can feel somewhat normal. Yeah. yeah. That that I think your mind goes to a different place when you're when you've gone away from your home and, and turn on the work brain, essentially, that sort of thing. Um I want to now kind of pivot to the question that we used to ask everyone first is, can you give us a little bit of the origin story behind Neighborhood Adventures and how you became co-founder and co-owner and, um, 
you know, kind of how this all came to be. Sure. So we're, we're um, what we are, we're in the business of helping people that would normally not be able to invest in projects like ours. Yeah. That would be small to medium sized apartment buildings. Mm -hmm. And I'll just give you a little bit of this backstory because it's important to understand. Sure. If you had a group of friends and neighbors that got together and said, we really wish we had a local grocery store mm -hmm. or a, a, a market around the corner. Yeah. And we were going to, we're going to rent that space that's been vacant for years. We're going to put some money together and start bringing in good produce and some organic food and all the things you want. If you had, if, if your neighbors all got together and did that and put money together, they're violating the SEC laws. I did not know that. Because most of them are probably not accredited investors. Huh. It's a defined term. So you're not allowed to invest in things like that unless you're an accredited investor. You have a net worth. I think it's over a million, a million dollars and make over $250,000 a year. And the net worth cannot include your home. Yeah. Um, there's some other constraints too, but the, the idea is I've been in the apartment industry for going on 30 years. Wow. And um, there's probably not many apartment buildings in Phoenix that I haven't been involved in either selling or, or at one point owning or, or, or being involved in huh. helping understand how to develop them. So after years and years and years watching people do well with it, because they're really strong returns, especially mm -hmm. in Arizona, buildings, uh, rents are going up, buildings are becoming more valable. We're seeing neighborhoods uh, re-tenant, re change and grow with neighborhoods. Um, <clears throat> and I don't have any problem with people that are traditional apartment building mm -hmm. operators, buyers, investors. They can buy them, they can do well. I just never liked the fact that um, the property manager the maintenance guy couldn't couldn't invest in the same building that they work at. Um, they were not they're not allowed because they're not yeah. a, a defined accredited investor. Huh. So we started this company because of the crowdfunding laws in Arizona that opened up. Um, 2010, Obama passed uh, the Jobs Act, which included some crowdfunding provisions. Yeah, but it took almost five years before Arizona really got the crowdfunding laws defined well enough to allow us to operate. And I, to my knowledge, I think we're one of the only companies that's actually done it in Arizona, yeah. which I thought was surprising also. So we, what we do is we allow um, individual investors to invest as, invest as little as 10,000, I'm sorry, let's, let's invest as little as $1,000 in, a, in a, an apartment building that we buy mm -hmm. with the group. Everybody's got, you got a defined ownership in it. Mm -hmm. you, have, you get a, re a return on it. You can drive by the property. You can participate in our events. You can come out for open houses. You can see what we're doing in the property. And uh, we buy the property, we renovate it, we restabilize it, bring new tenants in there, get it running well, and then uh, sell the property and return the investment to the investors. Pretty simple process in, in my world. Mm -hmm. It's something that I've done for years when mm -hmm. I sell these properties, but to allow people that can only put a thousand dollars into it, mm -hmm. uh, $5,000 into it, maybe $10,000 into it and mm -hmm. see the returns that they would get far beyond what you get in a normal, uh, you know, Wall Street investment, unless yeah. you really got smart and lucky, maybe, maybe lucky, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I feel like most people get lucky except for the ones that are on the inside. Yeah. Um, so we, that's how we did it. <clears throat> we had the ability in Arizona with the laws. <clears throat> Sorry, I've also got a really bad allergies. So no worries. everything out here is making me cough and sneeze. <laughs> um, so with everything that we have out here in Arizona with the crowdfunding, we're allowed to do these, we're allowed to, to, to crowdfund. Yeah. As long as we have an asset, or a company based in Arizona mm -hmm. uh, that has, we use Arizona banking mm -hmm. and the people that are investing are in Arizona. Then the federal government doesn't dictate how that's done. The yeah. state does. Um, 
That's incredible. And, yeah, we've done, now we're on our fourth project going on our fifth. We have, I'm, I'm going to guess off the top of my head because I, I don't know the exact number, but let's call it 500 investors yeah. uh, or more. Man, it might even be 700. I, I, I lose track sometimes of yeah. how the different projects are working out, but let's call it 500 or more investors in, in total in these projects. Mm -hmm. uh, we put on, we have regular uh, podcasts. We have regular Zoom calls. We have regular meetups when, when that's possible. Yeah. Uh, we keep our investors involved with regular emails. What's ha what's happening in the projects, and we get good feedback from people that are involved in the projects. So that's wonderful. It's one of those things that we started up because it was the right thing to do. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work to have oh, 125 investors that all have questions about how a project runs. Um, it's it's a lot of fun when we get the projects running well, and we can have people out for the for uh, for meetings. Yeah, uh, meetups and see the how the pro how the renovations are going. Mm -hmm. Um. And some of the stuff that we learn from the investors about what they like about buildings, uh, neighborhoods that they think are up and coming, mm -hmm. it helps out. Yeah. I mean, I see it from a different perspective. So, yeah, it, it, it's I really wish there was um, more people doing crowdfunding in Arizona mm -hmm. and using it for non-accredited non investors, just average people. But yeah, for whatever reason, we're the only ones doing it right now. It's It's such a easy premise to wrap your head around and such an easy way to kind of consider investing in, in in something like your neighborhood and your own kind of you know area around you drive you. by it you, yeah you drive we by tell it. people go go look at the neighborhood do you like the one in scottsdale we're working on do you like mm -hmm. the one in downtown phoenix like one in uptown phoenix do you like the one in tempe um we the, but to have people see these things see how they come together mm -hmm. understand how the numbers work uh, i mean it's it's a it's a real very simple <laughs> model yeah <laughs> we buy it at this price we put this money into it yeah we get these new rents and we've changed some another we've upgraded the property in the neighborhood and and then when we sell it mm -hmm. there's a there's a profit there yeah um yeah so it works really well so from my understanding just kind of doing my own research and and kind of getting everyone's pinpointing everyone's kind of specialty yours is the one where it comes into um isolating which neighborhoods are up and coming and kind of generating a new lead for a new project. Is that correct or am I off? Yeah, you know, so Jameson, my business partner and, and co-founder, uh, has a background where he, he was mostly in, he was he worked on Wall Street for mm -hmm. Goldman Sachs. He worked um, locally for LifeLock. He's in investor relations. He understands uh, the whole process of working with investors. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not a pitch man. And Jameson's not either, yeah. but he's very good at being able to manage people in that process. Yeah. I, I, I look at folks that want to invest in us. And when they say, well, you know, th if they ask too many questions, I almost get frustrated and I, and I go, <laughs> listen, I don't know how to explain any better, but <clears throat> yes, I could buy it myself yeah. and do this all by myself yeah. and make the money. It's fine. I, and I will do that on other, on other things, but I'm doing this because we're trying to do something bigger. Yeah. Uh, Jameson's really good at helping promote these things and pick any compliments what I do. We also have a head of construction, uh, Danny Para. Mm -hmm. He's been doing it for years and years and years. He understands the construction side, understands people, materials, um, gets takes care of all the things that I can't do on site. Mm -hmm. We had different property manager companies we we hire, okay. which is really important on how to operate the properties as we're about to go renovate them and after the renovated and we start leasing them up again. Yeah. And then we have Rocky. Uh, she's our design professional because it turns out none of us really know what's what works. You know, does the blue wall work with the, the wood floors? I don't know. But she <laughs> she, she sees that. it. She knows how to pick the things and keep things under budget. And 
help make things look good. So um, we all stay in our lane. Mm. It works out really well. And we have yeah. fun working together. So my job, yeah, I, I, I identify the projects. I identify where we need mm. to be going. I help underwrite them. I, um, my relationships run deep in Arizona. So yeah. I can help us find projects that might not be on the market, yeah. which helps also because there's a very competitive market right now. If you go to buy, if you go to buy a house right now, very, very competitive. Yeah. So yeah, that's what Trust I Trust me. We've been through the process. This is our second year owning this home and it is something that we are, you know, we, we don't shy, like we, we understand the headaches that come along with home ownership and trying to go out and get that home and how much time and effort it goes into it. Well, um, well, it's it's worse right now. Yeah, because it's it's only there's so up. many people that are moving to Arizona right now that you can't. If you go to go out and buy a home or try to buy a home, you're getting outbid. There's mm-hmm. bidding wars going on, and it's not it's not comfortable. I don't I don't want us to be in that environment. Mm-hmm. It's just the the fact we got there so quickly. Home builders weren't weren't ready for it. Mm-hmm. The market didn't have a lot of inventory. It's okay. Yeah. But the same thing goes for the apartment industry. It's yeah. hard to find a good property. It's hard to find a property that makes sense. And, um, but I, I've done this for a long time and I'm yeah. good at it because I've done it for a long time. And for me to be able to bring, uh, outside investors into the process, have them reap the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. it it's, it's fun for me. Yeah. That's the part that's fun. Yeah. You know, finding a bad sewer line on a property. We didn't know, we didn't know how to bad sewer line, uh, dealing with, um, with tenant issues, not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, but, or even picking out. The light fixtures to go with the bathroom to go to <laughs> yeah. match the tile. I don't. I don't. I don't like it. I, I know what I like when I see it, but yeah, that's why everybody does that. And, and again, everybody fits their, the thing. Jameson's really good at putting on our regular. Um, you know, we can't do things in person, but our, our Zoom calls. Now, yeah, where we have a lot like your your podcast studio. We have different cameras in different rooms and different people or different places, mm-hmm. but yet we can manage a, a, produ- a Zoom production call with all the investors, 40 to 60 investors at a time mm-hmm. or more will, will be on that Zoom call, go through all the projects we're doing, what, answer questions, and and, uh, and and we're seeing people really enjoy it. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it- Isn't it a little bit, uh, uh, it's, it must be a little bit weirder now that you've gone to kind of like this screen version of the meetings that you used to have. Were they in person before with the yeah, investors? I, yeah, they were. And I like that. I like seeing the people we're working with. Yeah. But that goes with everything. Yeah. It, it, I, I like knowing, I like to be in, with, in front of people in person mm-hmm. and work with people so they can see I'm real. They can ask questions. They can see my body language. They can see yeah. it's, you know, things are not taken in segments. Uh, questions can be answered, things can be vetted. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do that either, you know, when you're missing one of the dimensions. Yeah. And even Zoom calls that have the two dimensions, you still don't get everything in there, but it's the best we can do right now in the, in, in mm-hmm. the environment we're in. What was the first for you? Because I, I can kind of understand the, the the grasp of how easily crowdfunding can, the concept of it, but where was that first aha moment for you, knowing that this was going to be a worthwhile venture? Yeah, well, I'm waiting. I'm actually waiting for that. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. lot of work. I, you know, I, I, we, so we haven't sold our one of our first projects yet. Okay, and and we will soon. But um, when we sell that and we start getting sending the investors their checks mm. and they can see how well it worked out. Yeah. Um, that that's going to be an aha moment. Yeah. Right now, it's still just a lot of work, and we're on the next mm-hmm. one. We're on the next project. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with construction issues, permit issues, all the things. So, I haven't felt that aha moment yet. Other than when we have walked through properties that we finished renovations on before mm-hmm. we start leasing, 
just getting the feedback on what we did right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get it. We can do a good job of making the place look beautiful. Yeah. We but, can get to this point, but we're not at that full, like how you, that full cycle that I think I've seen on yeah, your videos. That's the whole thing. Go through the whole cycle of, you know, and let people see the returns they're going to get mm -hmm. and see how it really worked. And they go, okay, I, now I understand why this works. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll tell you the, the dirty little secret of, 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 you know, the rest of the capital world. Most people that are sophisticated investors, be it in real estate or businesses or mm -hmm. joint or uh, JV or, or uh, angel investors or uh, VC money, mm -hmm. they are not going to invest money unless they're making 20 to 30% on their money. Mm -hmm. Now, they're a lot more sophisticated. They're taking bigger risks. Yep. The next level down, if you're not making 10% or more on your money, they're not doing it. So for us to be able to provide, you know, right now we are, our project is set up. It's a 12% return to the investors. Mm -hmm. That's a really, really, really good return nowadays. Yeah. And here's the best thing. It's not a, um, it's not a company. It's not a, um, um, it's an, it's a real tangible asset. Mm -hmm. So that apartment building, that was our first one that, that we had uh, over a hundred investors in, it's got real value. Mm -hmm. It's it's tangible. It's got income coming every month. Yeah. It, 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 you know, if the world comes to an end, Someone still has to be living in apartments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people exactly. are going to be living there, and it's got value to it. So, for sure, um, you invest in a company, or you're a VC investor. You invest in a in a business because you're a JV investor, or uh, you're buying businesses. Something goes weird, like a restaurant. Mm -hmm. A restaurant. Most restaurants they don't own the building; they have yeah. a lease. Things shut down. Unfortunately, the way things started happening, restaurant value could be negative. Mm -hmm. You have a lease. You have employees, you have equipment that you're paying money mm -hmm. on. You have a walk-in freezer full of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so what's the value today of that restaurant? Well, negative. Yeah, <laughs> negative. You I, yeah. yeah, I mean, again, I, I never thought we'd be in the position we're in today. But uh, mm -hmm. to say that we have hard assets, real assets is good. And, and, I'll, and I'll put one more thing out there that most people aren't thinking about today. Um, the cost of materials, I've been saying this for a few months, are going up. And I, and I've, yeah. I knew that was going to happen. So... We were able to finish four projects and get them all done and have all pay for our materials mm -hmm. and deliver product. If someone buys an apartment building today, does the same renovations we did, mm -hmm. they're it's going to cost them 30 to 40 percent more at Jeez. a minimum. Yeah, at a minimum. Lumber right now, yeah. um, you go into Home Depot to buy two by fours, they're up, it's, it's 30 to 80 percent increase in price. Mm -hmm. You go to buy a cheap piece of plywood. Uh, the cheapest stuff is called OSB. It's mm -hmm. like chipboard used on roofs and things where you don't see it. Yep. Um, that stuff used to be $9 a sheet just 30, 60 days ago. Now it's $30 a sheet. So yeah. the cost of getting these things done is going up. Um, and we have hard assets. It's The value of those things are going up because the replacement value of them are going up. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, that's a big, that's a big advantage also of what we're doing. Yeah. But but the bottom line is we're letting people invest in projects, see the project we're doing. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> they're they're reaping the benefits of it. They understand the model. We're doing the right job. And and our tenants love it too. The tenants have been really happy with our project so far. Yeah. yeah. Where do you th I mean honestly this is a very unique um business that you guys are putting out there. Where do you think the the biggest value for someone who's investing comes from I guess for their from their like, so what I'm trying to ask is, where do you think would be the best, like, thing that you could tell someone who wants to, who is curious about, like, just on the cusp 
of saying, yes, I want to take advantage of yeah. event, and, neighborhood events. You know, again, we're not big promoters. We're not out there beating the street to find mm-hmm. people that want to invest. And we don't, we're not sending you letters all the time. We're not hounding you. We, <clears throat> we know what we're doing is good. We yeah. know that we're doing is profitable. We know what we're doing is going to return well for investors. Yeah. So um, most people that come to us, when they understand what we do and how we do it mm-hmm. and what we're buying and how and where the value is, it's really pretty easy to figure out. Yeah. It, it, we're not putting people at risk um, in buying these things other than market risk, which we accept every day, everything yeah, we're doing, right? So yeah, that that's, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how to say it any more, any simpler than that, but it's. There is no, the, I mean, you cannot go into investment without the, the, without the basic risk involved anyways. So if you're, I like the way that you go about it. There is no here, come find us. It's just here is us. And here's what we're trying to do in the best possible Show way. Show up, talk to us, see what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Look what we're doing. Understand if you understand, if you understand anything about our business or how this works or how properties increasing value you're not going to want to go out and do it yourself yeah you could you can go out and buy a small apartment building it's a lot of work it's a lot of work building a team it's a lot of work oh, yeah. making sure you get the right project <laughs> it, there's a lot of, and, and not that you couldn't do it but most people don't have the time energy or money to do that so work invest with us mm-hmm. do do what we're doing take the um, headache away a little bit yeah and and minimize the risk so that that's the other thing too if you own a building yourself um when you're in the same pool with 125 investors, mm-hmm. it spreads everything out a little bit, a little bit over time, mm-hmm. uh, both the return and the risk. So, yeah, I, I like I like what we're doing. I'm happy we're doing it. I'm really waiting for us to start now going full cycle and selling them and seeing people with the checks going. I I get it. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. Let me ask you this: What is? I know that from my research, there's a typical wait of like, was it two to three years for the cycle to go through? Or is it like how you hold the property? Can you explain that portion of it? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, look, I'll I'll, I'll relate it to something most people can understand more. If you saw a house in your neighborhood you wanted to buy and you Mm -hmm. go, gosh, I can buy that home. My wife and my friends and I can fix it up Mm -hmm. and then clean it up, flip it effectively, yeah. you know, sell it and make a profit, there's a certain amount of time that it takes. Time to buy it, mm-hmm. time to go through all the renovations, figure things out, pull the permits, decide the best way that house to be renovated. Sometimes it's adding more rooms, sometimes it's um, tearing it down to the studs and going, look, it, it's just a really poorly built house. We have to redo it, whatever, whatever that whole plan is. But you get through that whole process, even on a house, it's gonna take you a year. Yeah. Um, you can go sometimes faster if you have more crews of people, you're vending things out, but you're losing control of some of the process when you're doing that and it's costing more money. For sure. For us, the idea is we, um, we it, it takes us six months or so to rent, to renovate a project, huh. plus or minus, and that depends. We also have, we have to be conscious of the tenants that are there. We want people to find other housing, we help them find housing, but we also don't, we, it's not fair for them to be there while we're tearing the roof off. Mm-hmm. And and we are we're, yeah. we're putting roofs on it. You can't stay in the place we're tearing the roof off. <laughs> and, and I don't even want people in some of our projects in the courtyards and things we're doing at work. So between helping to replace the tenants, different different housing, going through the renovation process, leasing up again, stabilizing it, you have to have a certain number of a, 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 you have to have a certain period of time that lenders want the property to, to they call it stabilize or to to um, what's the word I'm looking for here. Uh, for the investment to show that it's that it's running, okay, yeah, uh, they want they want to see that that it's that it's running well enough, okay, and then they'll they'll then it's 
ready to be bought again. So two to three years, great. Mm -hmm. But let's say we bought a project two years ago, May, and you know, COVID was going on, mm -hmm. <clears throat> wasn't the best time to sell something. Yeah. We weren't going to pull the trigger and go, I don't care. We'll sell today. Yeah. Where our answer is, we'll hold it. Why not? We'll yeah. hold it for as long as we think that there's going to be more of an upside. We'll hold it for longer. For sure. But there's also a diminishing return over time. Uh, you hit a point where you go, the, all the, the biggest bump in the returns are after you get all the work done. Yeah. Uh, you hold it for a while. The next person takes it. They're going to do fine. But they might not have the same big generating uh, renovation that we just did. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so that that it it doesn't make sense for us to then hold it for any more than a year or so. For sure. Can so, I ask you the yeah. big question then? Are with all of your properties, are you guys holding off on that cycle of no, selling? no? It's you know we 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 couldn't. We were hoping to buy more this year already, but with COVID, people just weren't making any kind of decisions. No, people weren't buying cars. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't. They weren't buying homes up to a few months ago. They yeah. weren't doing. They weren't signing leases. They weren't hiring. I mean, everything stopped. Yeah. Right. So, going forward, we um, we want to do more projects. We want to buy more projects. We but we uh, and and we're to start selling some of the projects we have mm -hmm. because there's a market there. Yeah. And um, people are and and the buildings are doing well. Okay. Awesome. Yep. Um, so I have some numbers for you and I want to just kind of like because I, I saw everything and I wanted to kind of throw it out there. Venture at Wilson, Tempe, 12 unit, mid-century, um, 104 investors. Okay. Sounds about right. Yeah. Venture at Marlette, which is uh, downtown Phoenix or? Uh, uptown. It's uh, Bethany Home and, and 7th Street. Yeah. Okay. Uh, again, Two story, 131 investors. I mean, it just like Scottsdale, uh, the venture on 66. Um, there's a lot of, uh, I think that one's 100 investors. Um, and then a uh, venture on, this is a new one that's up, the venture on Villa Hermosa. Yep. We closed that in May, in April or May. Okay. Started renovations in July. We wanted to start sooner. Mm -hmm. Again, COVID, it mm -hmm. wasn't fair to go to the residents and go, you got to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair yeah. because these people, like anybody else, it was not the time to be moving. So For we sure. pushed off our renovation start till July yeah. and helped and it actually gave, told people, look, we're going to be looking to, to, to have you move out and find another place. Mm -hmm. How can we help you? So we pushed it off to July and that's um, about 50 to 60% finished now. Sweet. I was there this morning, but everyone, and it, so that's the one that's in renovation. Yeah. Marlette is in lease up where pe we finished renovation uh, as of July, end of July, uh, started getting residents to start leasing. Mm -hmm. um, 66 is an Airbnb property. Yeah. That's a whole nother animal. That yeah. That I was going to ask you about that. It was, um, there's a, a couple of questions that I want to ask you. One, which one was your favorite to work on or which one is your, still your favorite to work on? And two, what has been kind of the, I guess, biggest challenge out of all of them? Oh, they, they are, they're, they all have challenges. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know if I have a favorite one yet because okay. it's it's like renovating, like fixing up a car and go, which one's, you know, when you're done and everything's fine, you go, I love that. But, you know, the plan is not to keep it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 66 is an Airbnb project. Okay. <clears throat> so I'll put it in perspective. We were, we were finishing that project right in the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. uh, our lease up was, was doing super, super fantastic. We had, uh, we were booked every night for all eight units um right until 15th of march and then boom boom covid hits 
spring training gets shut down. Shit. Downtown Scottsdale is not, not the place to be. Restaurants are shut down. That Resorts sucks. are shut down. No one's traveling. Everything stops. That's nice. right. So that, that stopped. Um, we, we had, we looked at each other. We said, what are we going to do? And I said, well, we've got beautiful rent, beautiful units that would be rented other than COVID and they're fully furnished. Let's start, let's figure out if we can find some residents that would rent them on a long-term basis, 30 days at a time instead of night by night or, or a couple of days at a time. Yeah, we did. That's we awesome. found some residents that, that moved in. Some of them were uh, healthcare workers that were coming to Phoenix. Some were other, other first responders that needed to be here. That's awesome. Uh, there's some hospitals right downtown Scottsdale. It worked out really well. Then we started getting back to our regular, you know, short-term rentals. Uh, middle of May. Yeah. June picked up again. We saw a lot of people coming here for short-term stays. We saw people that stayed at our place that just didn't want to live with their family. They they had they were co-housing yeah. with family because of what was going on. They're like, I, I got to get out. I want to rent a place for my own for a few weeks. Yeah. Um, we saw travelers, of course, and people that are coming here from places like Los Angeles that still were shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they weren't able, they were, they were shut down because of COVID and they wanted to get out, go somewhere where they mm-hmm. could at least walk around. Um, we're doing really well. I mean, right today, uh, this month and going into the next month again, we're 100% occupied on that property. Every single night for the whole month, there yeah. is someone staying in one of those eight units. That's awesome. A um, little bit of reduced rent, but that's, it, it's, we're a year over so far. We're beating our, we're beating our projections we thought we'd make on the, on that property. Yeah. What a pivot though. What a, what a pivot to say to yourself, let's go from one day, one night by night to a 30 day lease and, right. and go with that. And I, I commend you guys for at least doing that and knowing that you have something beautiful, special that people are into. Let's take it full advantage. And it was, of that. and it worked better than hotels. Yeah. The, the reality is right now, Airbnbs are renting better than hotels because people are like, I don't yeah. want to be in an elevator. I don't want to be walking down mm-hmm. shared hallways. Yep. I don't know who was here who was here the night before. We have a we have, we we clean them really well. We have we have we've trained our people in, in basically medical level cleaning. They're doing a great job. We're giving a 24-hour uh cool down period between renters. Mm-hmm. It, we're doing everything right, but also you don't have you have a shared courtyard, but you don't have anything else that's shared. Yeah. Um that's and that's really working out well right now. That's awesome. And if we as we start going into the fall, uh, cooler weather, we're starting to see a little bit of that now. Yeah, I think we're gonna do better and better and better. But we're booked. We're fully booked all through October. That's uh, awesome. So all through rest of September, all through October. But okay. yeah, you have to make a pivot. Yeah. When things happen like that, you got to recognize them. Um, every project's had challenges though. Uh, that was one challenge mm-hmm. on on sixty six. Um, our current challenge is for we we wanted to buy three to 10 buildings this year. Mm-hmm. But if no one's making any sale or decisions in this market, yeah, <laughs> because of COVID, they're like, I'm not thinking about selling. They, you, you, you just can't do business. Yeah, your hands are tied. Yeah, we were tied for a while. So now, now we're out looking for projects and we're evaluating and figure out what we're gonna do next. Is it gonna be something in Mesa? Is it gonna be something in Uptown? Is it something in downtown? Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking at a number of different projects that make sense for us. Yeah, um, And we'll, we'll get way up to speed. Yeah. But, yeah. Can I ask you one real quick question? Because I saw it on your the website for um, Villa Hermosa. You guys have full grown trees on on site. Like, you, was it that one? I think it was like full grown. Like you were saying, you, uh, full you know grown. what? You know what it is that that property really feels like a little um, town onto its own because you pulled down the center drive and there's uh, I don't know what kind of trees those are. They're, they look like there might be olive trees. Yeah. 
you know, all the trees on both sides of the property. It's beautiful. Um, and we're going to do uh, cafe lights across the alleyway, string them across high enough where they don't, where the EPS trucks don't hit them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just talked about it this morning. Like we got to make sure they're strung up high enough, but they still have that swag to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. That Then that's a cool property also. Yeah. Our original plan was to run that as an Airbnb. Oh, awesome. Uh, yeah. An uptown project. But, to, you know, this last few months we're going, I don't, I don't know if that's really a viable mm -hmm. way to run it. We don't know if that, how deep that market is. Mm -hmm. And uh, the way rents have moved, we could almost get what well, we'd get net on rents. So maybe we get, let's call it $2,500 a month in mm -hmm. rent, uh, maybe $2,700 on, on an Airbnb basis. But yeah. you still have to clean it. You have to furnish them. You got to maintain the furnishings. You have a lot more wear and tear. Or $1,400 to $1,500 a month on a rent. Well, it, it's, we're gonna we're gonna rent it as a regular rental, and it makes mm -hmm. that makes it because net 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 it works out about the same. Okay, um, nice. but that project's beautiful. We uh, we're, I was there this morning. We have the whole south side finished. We're now on the north side, um, nice. putting in the irrigation, doing all the, the flower boxes that we added. We're doing all kinds of fun stuff to that project. Sweet, yeah, and it's gonna work out. So um, we're looking for buildings that we like, that we think we know people are gonna are, are gonna like to live in. Mm. Uh, that had that add, allow us to add some unique design features to them. Um, and you know, it, it got to make sense on the numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, otherwise it's not worth doing. Absolutely. I agree with you. Um, I just want, you know, as a, as a fellow sun devil graduate, yeah. <laughs> I just want to say you're doing a really great work and, and just kind of, I admire someone like yourself that has been working so hard in the, in the field that you have been doing for so long. So I have some great admiration for you. Um, the other kind of, I, I like to get a little bit more personal on 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 people who come in, and just to kind of get their how they how they their work routines and kind of what kind of things they go through Monday through Friday. Can you give us a little bit of of, of like what your typical mornings like? Yeah. Well, again, we're in COVID, so things are a little wackier than yeah. they are. But, um, I mean, just this has been my other than maybe now I get up earlier and I stay out later. Yeah. Uh, I'm usually up this time of the year when the sun's up early. I'm up by 5, 530. Mm -hmm. um, I'd wake up and I've got a hundred things on my mind. <laughs> First thing I do is go to my home office and start working on emails. Yeah. Uh, returning emails, doing some of the things that I, that I thought about the night before that I just, I just stopped working on. Um, get through a lot of that. Maybe by 730 or so I go off. I live um, in... in the Biltmore area where I have uh, the canals and some of the walking paths. Yeah. So I try to get out a couple of days a week, sometimes, sometimes more, sometimes less go out for, uh, for, it's not a hike. It's a long walk. Yeah. I'm not hiking up the hills. <laughs> I'm, I'm just walking four, three to five miles. Yeah. Um, along the canal. Try not to be on a phone except for I listen to a podcast uh, or music on that. So it could just, yeah. it's kind of my, uh, my meditation thing in the morning, Love get, it. get through that, get home, uh, do a few more things on the computer. And then I finally get to the office, uh, nine, sometimes 10 o'clock mm -hmm. because I get bored staying at home. There's nothing else <laughs> yeah. at home. Yeah. And then the rest of the day is, um, and, and, and that getting to the office could be later because I might spend two hours dropping by properties, mm -hmm. doing other things, but the, I'm an entrepreneur. I run several companies. I've got over, um, right now, probably a hundred people or so that work for me mm -hmm. in different capacities. There's always something going on. There's yeah, always something sure. new happening. I get pulled in a bunch of different directions. So I have standard, I have set meetings some days. I have mm -hmm. set calls I got to be on. There's things I have to get done by the end yeah. of the day. 
it, it's all over the place. So usually walk in out of my office, you know, get through the final final part of the day, seven o'clock at night, the earliest, usually seven, seven thirty, uh, notepad in hand, sit down at one of my favorite restaurants, um, and tear off the page on top, start writing a list of what I have to do the next day, things that have to be taken care of, things that are priorities, things that have been lingering out there, I haven't done for a while. Mm. And then um uh, get home and start over again. Yeah. I mean, that, that's really, that, that's been the whole process and I haven't done a lot of traveling. You can't, there's not much to do right now. Yeah. We have my ABI company. We have offices in Phoenix, Tucson, Sacramento, and San Diego. Wow. Um, and we're growing and I'm adding more people in San Diego office, for example, but you can't get out there very often. So everything we're yeah. doing is somewhat remote. That's, I mean, it's so interesting to me <clears throat> kind of, you know, you are someone whose mind is in a thousand different places and also a hundred different states, like there are a hundred different locations. Um, you, like you said, you know, San Diego, uh, Tucson, all those different places for you. Is there any kind of special routine or anything that keeps you from going insane? <laughs> well, if I, I, the co- sitting at home doing nothing would be insane. Yeah. <clears throat> I agree. This this whole COVID thing when I when when I ran out of projects and mm. I'm not a big TV watcher but got through a couple of Netflix series <laughs> when I when I and because the great thing about this COVID thing was I we used to joke with my friends I fixed everything around the house redid some of the landscaping re you know sanded down the front door did, I re reorganized the garage yeah. and all kinds of stuff that we got through and then it's then I was like okay now what now what yeah. now what but. But now what was, you couldn't travel. Mm-hmm. I couldn't go somewhere and go, yeah, I'm just going to go fly fish or snowboard or drive. You, you can't. There was yeah. really nothing, nowhere to go. And in some cases, you weren't even allowed to go. So, yeah. um, it, you know, it's it just changed. This whole way of doing things right now is changing. But my worst, the worst case scenario is when someone says, no, John, just go home and relax. Because I would be bored. I, it just would drive me crazy. Yeah, literally. Yeah. I, I have to. I always have to find something to do, and it's fun, um, and all productive stuff. Not not just you know shuffling sure. papers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so we're reaching towards the end here, and I usually kind of kick it uh, for a last question to Brittany, but she obviously <laughs> she <did not laughs> not right now. But I think one of the biggest <clears throat> questions for her, I think for for this business, is um, what have you seen in the different properties or in the different kind of investors that you work with, uh, what have you seen from the general community of Phoenix and Arizona? Because we are an Arizona-based podcast. Yeah. What have you learned from the community at large? Well, I mean, I'll tell you, the, the one thing I've learned is that uh, we have a lot more growth potential. And um, I love, and this is BC before COVID. <laughs> I'm not sure if the, how, how this is going to continue to evolve, but I love how some of these older neighborhoods and uh, downtown areas that were, I wouldn't say forgotten, but mm-hmm. they just weren't, they, they weren't as vibrant as they were many years ago yeah. are now coming back again. Um, and, and I, and to be part of that and to pick buildings ahead of the curve, renovate them, show people where, where mm-hmm. things are happening. That to me is fun, but yeah. it's, it's just been, it, 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 you know, we have a we have Marlette, which is right off the restaurant district on Seventh Street. Yeah. Well, that was a great selling point. All right the stuff there. going on there. Live there, 
walk a block away, pick a different restaurant every night of the week. You'll never get tired of it. Yeah. Well, guess what? <laughs> it's gone. Now, there's, well, it's like, now it's there hard. might be, that one might be open and that, those other four have takeout. Yeah. So it, it's, um, yeah, it thing about Arizona right now is it still has real strong growth and I'm lucky that we're here and I feel fortunate that we've had this going on because there are certainly places I've, I've been, I did some traveling this summer. Um, there are places that traditionally have been real strong economies mm. that are really suffering from this. Yeah. Uh, you know, Denver's not doing well. North County, San Diego, you wouldn't expect it, but you drive up PCH Highway, there are a lot of empty storefronts of stores that were there for generations, hardware stores, yeah. flower shops, things that you that have been there for a long time. Uh, a friend of mine was in Park City, uh, uh, Utah, and he said, he was there in June, went back to visit friends again in mm-hmm. August and said, so here, here's a very high-end um, trophy street of, of, of restaurants and shops. He said, vacancy everywhere. Wow. And, <clears throat> and you never would have expected it. People yeah. would, have, would, have, would have fought to have the opportunity to have a lease on one of the two or three main streets in Park City, Utah. Yeah. And, or, and, and I can imagine what it's like in other places. So I'm very, I'm very aware that we're lucky here, mm-hmm. even though we've had a lot of failures, people have been hurt by this. Um, I feel like we haven't had the same failures and same fallout that we, that other cities have had. So mm-hmm. it's kudos to Arizona. We've been lucky. And then, um, you know, we get some cool weather. We'll see more stuff happening out here. Absolutely. And, um, thank you again for coming in. Like, honestly, you know, I never know what to expect with any of these podcasts, but I only show in very I show very avid interest in all the podcasts that come through our doors and yours, your business being one of them, because it is so unique. It is very, very special. I want to become an investor once I get my thousand dollars saved up and from my, from my portion. And, you know, I really do think that this is for those who are not willing to wait the long term for savings yields or want to go through the risk of there is no stock, savings yield or saving my friend you know, it's one percent yeah, that doesn't 1%. even give up with inflation there exactly. is no savings yield <laughs> and, then, and then don't want to go through the risk of the the stock market you know this is something that is vital and very interesting and very like all around just great so thank you yeah it's yeah. working out and we're, we're, i'm glad we're a part of it yeah, absolutely. So this is the end of the podcast where we kind of kick it to you. I know it's not your forte, but you know, if you could tell us where we can find you online, all the websites and everything that you guys have available, that would be good. Sure. The, the best way to the, look, we're not out there profitizing our business. Mm-hmm. If you are interested in what we're doing, you want to see more about it, go to neighborhood.ventures. It's not any more complicated than that. Neighborhood.ventures. Take a look at our, our materials. Take a good look at it. Visit us uh, via Zoom call for one of our events we have. Okay. Drive by some of the properties we've worked on. You're welcome to do that. Please don't knock on doors and tenants <laughs> and ask them what they think. Yeah. Or, or you know, because no one wants that. But go see what things are. See yeah. what we've done. Look at the projections. Look at the underwriting. Look at how, look at how we came up with the process. Mm-hmm. Um, see what other people are saying that, that invested with us. Um, and, you know, kind of kick the tires. And if you have questions... Yeah. During the right, you know, we have some of these Zoom calls, and if we ever have in-person things again, we're happy to do that. But 
Awesome. That's the best way to do it. Neighbor, neighborhood Neighborhood.ventures is the best way to find us. Awesome. And again, ladies and gentlemen, you can hear every episode of our podcast at FindingArizonaPodcast.com. Make it easy for you guys to connect with us. So if you want to tell us who you want to come in next, find us all under social media under Finding Arizona Podcast. And last but not least, we do have a bonus podcast called Find Examination, where we fill up with 50 questions with our guests of the week. And I'm hoping John will take a moment with us just to kind of go through those 50 questions. questions. It, it'll go by I promise you. I promise you. Um, And and then please help us out over there at patreon.com slash finding Arizona podcast. And with that, we say good night to John here. Good night to Neighborhood Ventures and good night to all of you listening. Thank you again. Bye.